everybody and welcome back to the teacher cast i was just talking to kira here before we just started to record and i just felt that i was so out of whack with recording it's been a while because i just finished school placement so i just want to say thanks so much to everyone that's decided to come back and listen to more episodes but i'm so happy that i'm joined by kira today um kira if you maybe you'd like to introduce yourself and how we know each other and yeah basically what you do <laughs> Absolutely. So first of all, thanks for having me. <laughs> so my name is Kira, and I'm kind of known on Instagram as Kira's Classroom. And I am a primary school teacher. I teach third class in an Educate Together school. Aww. And I recently actually became an AP2 in my school as well. So I'm kind of leading things relating to our school ethos and learn together and the kind of community involvement aspect. Excellent. Um, I'm really like passionate about inclusive education yeah. and student voice and all of that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can definitely, <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see from your Instagram page, like, you know, that you are really passionate about helping others and definitely with like school ethos questions. Cause I know Kira, me and you, we met up there a few weeks ago. Was it midterm break? October yeah, midterm. <laughs> we went for a coffee, we went to Butler's, uh, how classic. Um, <laughs> and you were saying, you know, you, you, you often get asked about the ethos question and, you know, you're really passionate about helping others and, you know, giving information, um, you know, how, how to structure the answer for that question. So, um, it's definitely something like you, when you go on your page, you can definitely see your passion for teaching and congrats yeah. on your new role as AP2 as well. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's so good. And is that just in September? Um, yeah, it was actually just since the midterm. Oh. So I had my interview just before the midterm and yeah, I'm so excited. So my first like part of it now is setting up our student council. Excellent. We have elections now this week, so fierce wow. excitement around school. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You've, you've really kicked it off there. Um, <laughs> I suppose for this episode, Kira, I really want to get into talking about practical differentiation mm-hmm. with you. I know that's an area of interest for you and something that you're really, really interested in. Um, but before we, we kind of delve into that, is there anything else that you'd like the listeners to know about you? Um, I guess just that, like, as I say, I'm very interested in things like student voice, celebrating diversity, and that, you know, I'm always happy to help people out if they ever have any questions about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, I suppose, what is um, differentiation from, like, in your own words, and how would you describe it to someone that's never heard the word before? You know, maybe some some people thinking about going into teaching or listening. Um yeah, if you'd like to maybe shine a light on that. Yeah. So um, when I was in college, I heard all right differentiation and it was like this mystical thing that I just yeah. had to try to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess for want of a better way to put it, it's just all of those little things that you do that help the individual learners in your class. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that might be something really small. And other times it might be something really big that you're putting a lot of work and effort into. Mm-hmm. But I guess in a lot of ways, it becomes kind of just part of how you do things in your room. Right. And you don't necessarily even think about them specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just all of those little things that you're doing to help kids. So like that might be, say, there might be a child in your class that you give a little bit more in time to if they're doing like independent work maybe you're over helping that kid Mm -hmm. or it might be that you have planned out your questions for your lesson in advance and you might have written down say three or four questions maybe using bloom's taxonomy or one of those yeah Um, or it could be about how you group the kids so you might be doing a project and you might want to have mixed ability groups Mm -hmm. or you might want to have interest-based groups it yeah. could be something like how much support you're giving or if you're using specific resources for kids um, or it could be the actual task itself could be different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a, a huge variety of things involved in it, but essentially it's just all of those small little things you do that makes the learning specific to the children in front of you. Excellent. Is there is there one that, you know, I suppose that, something that maybe you had to really get to grips with and you really had to say oh well this is actually more difficult than what I thought it would be um and one obviously you know grouping 
especially with COVID, it can be very difficult to group mixability groups or, you know, match students with different students in different groups. Um, yeah. what's, your, what's your take on that? And, you know, what what um, was maybe one differentiation area where you're like, this is actually quite difficult, you know, and maybe it could have been time or ch- more challenging to, yeah. to accommodate. Yeah, like when I did my dip, which was the old version of Drihid back mm-hmm. in those days. Yeah, <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> so when I did the dip, like I had a way, like a, a way more diverse class than I had had on teaching practices. Mm-hmm. And I had a huge variety of, you know, abilities, interests and all of that within the class. Yeah. And for me, that was kind of overwhelming if I'm being completely honest absolutely and like when you're doing your you know on your placements or when you're doing your drehid or as I say the dip you know you're trying to impress an inspector and show all of these things that you're doing as well as actually teaching your class yeah so I think just the variety of need was something that I found really challenging because I was trying to like overdo my yeah. differentiation mm-hmm. so I think just something that's important to remember is about keeping it simple and you know just finding things that are actually helpful for the kids in front of you mm-hmm. and just building those relationships you get to know the kids and figure out what really helps them yeah so yeah I, I think that's a big one and you find that well I find that especially with things like maths or like spellings as well yeah like there can be a wide variety there so yeah like say for example at maths you might want to do things where you have lots of different resources available to the kids so they can choose you know strategies that work for them mm-hmm. i always say to my class that like i found maths really really hard in primary school mm-hmm. so then i say to them that i'm going to show them loads of different strategies they can use to solve the problem mm-hmm. and then they get to choose what way works best for them and what Excellent. suits them yeah yeah and that's so important because even within maths there are so many different ways you can solve the one thing mm-hmm. and what works for one kid might not work for another absolutely having that flexibility you know to try out things so you find something that works for those kids yeah it's really interesting I I was telling you um you know during the midterm like I was starting Mm. fractions when I went back and you had some great ideas you know um like for example I was saying to you oh I'm gonna I'm gonna use concrete resource I'm gonna use skittles or smarties and you were like why don't you just get them to use like the people that are in the class and like put that as a fraction (laughs) I was like Oh yeah, that's actually a really good idea, Gira. Um, because like it's using their their actual environment. So as well as like you know the kinesthetic learner, it's also you know those that are around you, like using your actual physical space and you know applying it to real life um situations rather than just smarties or skills. Yeah, absolutely. Because like getting the kids involved that can be such a meaningful experience for some children. Mm -hmm. Another child, that might not be their favorite way of learning. Mm -hmm. But for another kid who might feel that maths is just not their thing, maybe them physically being part of the maths could be really meaningful for them and really help them in the long run. Excellent, yeah. I know I I have to to totally agree with you there, Kira. yeah just for an nqt or a student teacher like you know i'm just after coming off placement and with limited time i found myself i found myself you know i suppose not not to not to knock it but i found myself you know differentiating the same way once i knew what i was differentiating for is that is that something that you know would be you know something that would teachers would say at the start of the year would be a challenge to figure out how they're going to differentiate and then it becomes easier um is that is that something that Definitely. you think would be yeah uh, when you first meet like your new group of kids you're just trying to figure out you know who they are mm-hmm. <laughs> what they like what ways they think about things what way they like to work mm-hmm. and yeah it definitely takes time like i would say that differentiation is really closely connected to um relationships mm-hmm. so i talk an awful lot about you know student voice and relationships yeah. and all of that in the classroom and most people talk about it in terms of you know classroom management and its impact for that but I really do think it's really important for our differentiation as well so like for example I had a kid in my class a couple of years ago who had ADHD mm-hmm. and 
I could come up with 101 ways that I might be able to support that child in the class. Yeah. But just the simple thing of saying to that child, what do you think will work? Or what do you think might be helpful? Mm. And that kid was able to give me uh, an idea and was saying that he finds it really hard to focus when he's answering questions. So, you know, like if you're doing like an English comprehension or an Irish comprehension, Mm-hmm. that he would find it really hard if he had to say four questions he had to answer. And he was saying, I think it would be easier if I had an amount of time that I had to do the first question in. So right. when he suggested that, then I was like, oh, well, I have sand timers yeah. up there in my drawer. Will we try that? And sure enough, I brought down a, sand, a couple of sand timers. I said to him, which one do you think would work best? Because they each had like different yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. And he was saying, well, the first question shouldn't take me too long if I can focus. So maybe I could do the one minute timer for that. Mm-hmm. And then he used the one minute timer, got his question done and was delighted with himself. Oh, yeah. You know, and he was proud as punch and equally it was so effective. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of became a game for him almost that mm-hmm. every time he went on to a new question, he was choosing what he timer, the timer. He felt, yeah. Yeah, and what timer would match the amount of time he believed the question should take. Right. And then, you know, that was really helpful mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely, at the start of the year, while you're getting to know the kids, it takes time. Yeah. And like, sorry, sorry <laughs> no, I was just going to say like um, him taking ownership of his own learning. And this is a big mm-hmm. thing with like because I had six class on school placement. And one of the things we covered was, you know, becoming um, an effective learner and what that means and taking ownership and responsibility. And that's definitely something that you're instilling when you're saying like questions like, well, what do you think will work for you? You know, um, yeah. because like when they move on to secondary school, like there's a big link between six class and secondary school for example like they really like I, I, I constantly said to them you know your teachers aren't going to be holding your hands forever like you need to start you know like for example they like oh teacher will we take down these like little steps like the little notes like how to you know so like, how to put a fraction like from mixed numbers to improper fractions or how do we find the lowest common denominator and like I'd write down the steps on the board and yeah. they're like will we take this down I'm like do you think you should take it down do you know what I mean? Like, do you think that's going to help you if you take it down? Like, because when when you move on, as you know, your teacher isn't going to say, take this down. It's up to you whether you think that's going to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess in a lot of ways, like differentiation is kind of scaffolding independence. Yeah. You know, um, and that can be done in so many different ways. So like, just say, for example, for history, mm-hmm. I sometimes would get them to design a poster about a specific aspect of whatever era we're learning about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like some kids are able to just go ahead and find what the most important information is mm-hmm. and create that poster. Yeah. Other kids might find that a bit more challenging. So for those kids, you know, you might write down five prompt questions and that kind of hints to the kids as to what are the actual important parts yeah. that they do need to recall yeah. and then they could create their poster using that yeah uh, right? yeah and you know you could do things as well like say in maths um because again maths is something that i know a lot of teachers say they need to differentiate a lot in yeah you could do something like where you group your questions into three categories or three lists mm-hmm. and you can say to the kids okay, you can choose which category you're going to do today. Are you going to try the questions on list one? And those might be your easier questions. Are you going to start at list two, which is your kind of medium level questions? Mm -hmm. Are you going to go straight to list three? Yeah. You know, all those things are brilliant. Actually, something I did this week was, um, you know, those questions, um, what do they call them? It's like um, low threshold, high ceiling. Have you ever heard of those? No, I haven't. Oh, Hill, you're going to love this. <laughs> Go on, tell me more. <laughs> so these are like questions that are open-ended. Okay. And they're on, on the surface level, they're quite easy. Mm-hmm. And everyone in your class is able to like engage with the question. Right. But that they're open-ended enough that there's multiple answers to the question or multiple solutions. Okay. And your maybe higher ability kids or kids who find that topic a bit easier can find more complex answers. Right. So like, say now I introduced multiplication this week. Yeah. 
uh, a very exciting moment in third class. Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) So we were doing about, I made up this story about how this lady is planting a garden and she has 20 trees she wants to plant. And I was asking them, could they help her out to figure out how she could lay them out? She wants it to look equal. And they started, I gave out cubes and everything, and they were laying out these trees in different ways. And some of them were saying, oh, well, she could make two groups of 10 and they could have two lines. I was like, oh, that sounds lovely. So there straight away, some of my kids were you know, able to access it at that level. Mm-hmm. Whereas another child was able to say, well, actually, I think they could do, you know, four rows of five. Mm-hmm. And then that child might have said, mm, interesting, you could flip that around as well and do the five by four. Yeah. And then you can, you know, leave that even, you know, wider again by saying, I wonder what would happen if she had 40 trees instead of 20. Yeah. And You're again, to think. Exactly. And it's that low threshold in that every kid in the class can engage Mm -hmm. but equally it's that bit more open-ended and complex so that kids can push themselves to find even more unusual and complicated ways of doing it yeah yeah that that sounds really really good and even like you were saying this like the solution to get into the answers as well like Mm -hmm. as you said like you might have some students that find it much easier and they'll, they'll they'll have like alternative ways like we were doing word problems by the end of the week and fractions and like some students were able to like convert it into time and like and I was like no like that's really good yeah. like they're actually like linking everything together like for example like it was like I don't know gym runs um like to school for, for a half an hour gym runs a half an hour each evening um if he does that seven days a week you know how how much time it does it take them um but like they wanted the i wanted the answer in the fraction because like obviously we were doing fractions word problems but some of them were like well half an hour is 30 minutes so 30 times seven i'm like like they're thinking like and do you know it it, it was really good like their answer was completely correct but then i'm like okay well now you're gonna have to turn your minutes into you know how many how many minutes are in or how many hours are in those minutes um so they had to convert it back and I'm like okay would it not just have been easier to just multiply it (laughs) you know seven over one um but yeah so like as you said like having alternative ways to get to you know the end goal um it's really really effective um I just want to ask just for myself like so I obviously have just come off school placement is there any other easy ways that you would recommend um you know, for students that are under time pressure and um, mm-hmm. that are at the point of a, like total exhaustion and they just, they're just like, okay, I, you know, because it gets harder as you go on because you're, you're just, yeah. the tiredness, the energy, um, it, it's just, it's completely draining. So is there any other, other little tips or ways that students could differentiate on school placement yeah, or absolutely. NQTs that are just getting to grips with life as a teacher <laughs> just with everything yeah just like it's a big one I'm like oh my god I feel nearly overwhelmed just saying it <laughs> yeah um I guess like one easy thing that I think is really effective in your younger classes in particular and I would have done it in senior infants mm-hmm. would be that if you're doing like writing and you're giving them out a writing template the spacing in that mm-hmm. can be such a simple way of you know, adjusting the worksheet for the kid and it makes it like not so obvious as well to the kids that some kids are getting maybe something that's line space of like 1.5 and then maybe someone else's line spacing might be, you know, a two or whatever and you're ending up with more lines or fewer lines in the same space on your worksheet. Gotcha. Um, So that's an easy one for your infants. I love um, that. I never thought of that. Well, I haven't taught yeah. infants, so I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> yeah, I did that when we were doing um, animal reports about penguins, and I wanted Aww. to push my, you know, the kids who were able to write loads. Yeah. But without it being obvious, and right. like none of them noticed that the lines were actually different distance away from each other. Yeah. Um, another one is just having like, manipulatives available mm-hmm. so what I actually do in third class is every group desk has this like white basket in the middle of the group mm-hmm. and it just has a load of random manipulatives in there or supports and I leave them there all day and the kids can just take them out and use them as they want excellent so 
it's it's really handy and the kids know where to find whatever they need then mm -hmm. as well so again like obviously depending on what class you have you could have cubes in there or you might have like 100 square you might have a number line you mm -hmm. could have like i have handwriting prompts with all the cursive letters on oh, it and yeah. um, dice all that kind of thing mm -hmm. so that's something easy that you know you could literally just leave on the desk yeah. and you're supporting the kids using that and mm -hmm. um, another really good one is just to think about like how do you want the kids to present their learning mm -hmm. and that's a, a really easy one to implement once once you've given it a small bit of thought would you say that expectations like do you know if you're to categorize that is that like your expectations of what their outcome and how they're going to present it like would you've had to explicitly yeah. say that or yeah like you could just take note of it in your plan that you know you're going to give a choice or an option on how the kid is going to present the work okay so that could be like for example now i'm literally just thinking of one of my former classes yeah and uh, like i would have had a kid who would have typed a lot so i would have gotten say that kid might have presented their work as a powerpoint sometimes okay whereas maybe you might give the choice that okay boys and girls you can show me what you know about this topic by creating a powerpoint mm -hmm. or you might like to make a poster yeah you might like to draw me a picture that shows me what you know mm -hmm. you might like to make me a collage that shows me what you know mm -hmm. or you might like to write you know so there's loads of things there um like when i did um oh i was doing the digestive system for science cool. and we had done oh like it was just so much fun i'd say so <laughs> i can see on your face <laughs> So we had done the lesson and everything. And of course, for the bit of assessment at the end, I just kind of wanted to see what they knew, what they could remember and just see their understanding of it. Mm -hmm. And I had said to the kids, right, you have five options and you can choose out of these five what, what activity you want to do. Mm -hmm. And some of it was like, say, a labeling activity. Another one was to write a story as though you were a piece of food getting gobbled by a person. Oh, yeah. You know, another one was where they were actually creating an artwork based on the digestive system. Wow. So again, like this was all science. Yeah. But they had loads of different options available to them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's a handy one as well for people to think of because, yeah, you, know, you could get them to do a play about a piece of food being eaten. <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know, I get asked all the time, oh, do you have any ideas for history, geography, science? Mm. And I haven't covered that yet. I haven't thought the SESE subjects okay. in my placement. So, and like geography is what I did my undergrad in. So like when you're talking to me like about science or, you know, projects on countries or, you know, anything yeah. like that, like that just really excites me so much because <laughs> I see it on the walls in schools, like when I'm subbing or, you know, on school placement and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to teach like about different countries and their cultures. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and even like those kind of things for like presenting their work in a way that works for them. Yeah. You could do that for anything. Like actually yeah. bringing back to the fractions that you were mentioning yeah. a while ago. Like when I did fractions last year, and I do it every year in third, mm -hmm. I get them to present their understanding of fractions using a collage. Mm -hmm. And it's totally open ended. And they just design something that shows me like what is and what isn't a half. Yeah you know yeah. and to them they're delighted because they think they're doing an art activity mm -hmm. but it's so telling because the kids are able to really show you their actual deep understanding of fractions yeah so yeah I, I just think that's a really handy one to have yeah excellent yeah I um I think like one of the things I suppose I I say I struggled with because yeah. you know when you have your own class you've ownership of the time whereas when you're on placement you're time bound by you know yeah. <laughs> your team as well um you're time bound by all your lessons so you know and like that was one of the things like um that you know brought to my attention that when I have my own class you know you can pull time from other parts of the curriculum because like you know you might be doing like an hour of drama but not every week you do an hour of drama or you know you might pull because from English because it's oral language or pull from religion or history or whatever it is um and that's something that I'm really excited about as I go on, you know, after 
you know my I finished my master's that's something that I'm really excited to have is that flexibility and time because that's a massive part um and to you know it's really really when you really want to differentiate as well like sometimes you need more time and when you're time bound and trying to have all the learning outcomes done by the end of the lesson it, it it can it can be quite the the challenge yeah and like placement is totally different yeah. from being in like your own classroom mm-hmm. because you can be more flexible mm-hmm. you know and you're, you're not waiting for an inspector to come in and critique you every day I know <laughs> you know yeah and you'll have built those like really strong relationships with the kids mm-hmm. and yeah it's brilliant it's so good yeah. I cannot wait um <laughs> Kira, what's your favorite uh like strategy then for differentiation overall mm-hmm. uh, well most of my experience in as like a class teacher has been with her okay um so something such a that nice I, age yeah oh my god they're <laughs> so much fun because they're still really innocent and absolutely love everything you come up with yeah you're like the but best thing ever <laughs> oh yeah you're like a celebrity <laughs> yeah they're still that bit you know more independent and they they believe they're also grown up which is fabulous as well <laughs> yeah and they can write as well like you're not like like during like with junior infants like they can't write stories or whereas in third they they can't you know yeah they're, they're that balance between independent and still being so small you know yeah i know um, so something i like to do in third class is something that i usually call like a support copy okay and I think I've seen this on your Instagram. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've shared it on Instagram before. So it's literally just like a 40 page copy, mm-hmm. just an ordinary one. Mm-hmm. And they have this from the very start of the year until the end of the year. And actually a lot of them just kind of keep on to it then and use it for homework support as they get older as well. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I have for every month in Irish, we change theme. Mm-hmm. So at the start of every month, they get this like a support sheet with all the you know, sentence structures they might need for the team, any vocab they might need or spellings they'll need. And that's all on one page. And they glue that in to the front of their copy so that they have all of that available to them. And we mm-hmm. use that then as part of our warm up for every Irish lesson. And we have games and everything that we use so that they oh, feel good. really comfortable using it you know yeah. and it's brilliant then when they're doing any like oral language work in Irish or if mm-hmm. they're doing written work because they have this copy and they know they can find their structures they know they can find their vocab mm-hmm. all of that's in there it's so good and then like I have a section in it then as well for maths and that would have say at the moment now it has their hundredth square yeah and now that we've started multiplication I'll be handing out you know the multiplication squares yeah so I'll pass one of those out now in the next week or so and that'll go in so that whenever they're doing their maths they have those available to them mm-hmm. and anything then that over the year that I think will be helpful for maths so again like when we get to fractions when we get to things like division they'll Shape. have lots of supports in there yeah. you know, for them and then another thing I pop in there is like commonly misspelled words. Okay. There's brilliant word maths on Twinkle. Yeah. And I just pop those into the center. They can use that, those when they're doing their independent writing. I love this. And oh, Haley, like it's so helpful. So good. They literally just take it out whenever they need. They know mm-hmm. they don't need to ask to take it out. They can literally whip that copy out whenever they want it. Mm-hmm. And then I let them like write in their own bits and pieces in there as well yeah like if I have a kid in the class who knows that they always spell this particular word wrong or they find this word tricky Mm -hmm. they can just note that in on the spellings page as a reminder for themselves so good that's them becoming an effective learner I love this exactly this makes me so happy (laughs) (laughs) and it means that their copy has all of the class supports but it also has their individual supports because say the spelling that a child might write in one kid that might be cat just for example so they Mm -hmm. might be at that level and they're writing in the word cat as a reminder whereas maybe another child it could be you know god only knows what word like something crazy from the dictionary that even Mm -hmm. i would struggle with (laughs) yeah you know Mm -hmm. so it's giving them that ownership as well and the kids in my class literally take out that copy every time they're doing independent work 
Mm-hmm. And it just gives them that sense of independence and that they're not having to rely on me. Yeah. Especially like, obviously, you know, this from being in schools and subbing as well. Mm-hmm. Like classes are big. Yeah. Like, I have 29 kids and it's just me in the room with them. Wow. I'm not always going to be able to go around and spell words for every kid. Yeah. So like they love this copy. It has everything in it and you can adapt it each year, you know, to support the individuals that you have that year. Yeah. Excellent. No, I really like that idea. And again, like that's something that makes me sad. Like I wouldn't have time to do something like that on placement because you're only mm-hmm. there for like a quick few weeks. Um, But it's definitely that's something that I'd really would enjoy but like do you find that as the year goes on say like as they get more confident they find then like you, you you'll see less students taking it out because they'll know absolutely because especially with things like say those spellings or mm. with the irish like they'll gain that vocab or they'll gain those spellings throughout the year and the yeah. more they're looking at it in their support copy they're kind of getting that, you know, reinforcement yeah. of the work mm-hmm. and that little bit of revision all throughout the year. So they're continuing to learn, even though you might have moved on from that particular yeah. piece of vocabulary. And yeah. it also means then that as the year goes on, of course, you can add in more advanced things into it. Yeah, like I even can put in checklists, you know. Um, yeah. You can put in for your genre writing. I was about even, to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like the features of, of like I did narrative writing and I, I actually mm. procedural as well. Um, Like, yeah, the features, like even writing them down because like obviously you have your anchor chart on the wall, but to have it like because I just get them stick that in their English copy. But now that you say it, I'm like, oh, actually, that would work really well if I had like a support copy. <laughs> Yeah, because then, you know, if they're doing free writing, they might decide, oh, today I want to write a narrative. I'll take it the copy and just check that I have all the features in there yeah like coming up to Christmas like you might say okay like you might go back to procedural like how are you going to build or how are you going to decorate your Christmas tree do you know and you've already covered it yeah yeah that's so good um Kira I suppose it brings me on to my next question quite nicely because Mm -hmm. when I'm on placement for example like I obviously I differentiate and say for example if I had a child with EAL or I have a child that you know I suppose has to have more support with their writing or you know they might need a hundred square or they might get a different um template or something to write on I I have often had or even when I'm subbing I've often had students be like well why 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 can't we get that as well or why are they getting that or and like not all the time but sometimes um how how would you deal with those conversations and particularly subbing because you're only there for a day um or two or a week or what or like for a short time um how how would you deal with that and what yeah what's your take on that yeah um i guess like i would focus in there on maybe doing an sphg lesson about you know, individuality and about all the things that make all of us special and unique. Mm-hmm. And I'd even look into like things, you know, like your personal talents and your skills and talk about how sometimes we might have found something really hard before and now we find it easy. So bring up things like, you know, learning to ride a bike mm-hmm. and saying about, you know, I might tell a story about how, oh, when I was small, I kept falling over and my dad then thought I was ready and he took off my stabilizers and oh I didn't know what was going on and I fell down mm-hmm. but I kept going and I kept trying and I got really good at riding my bike now yeah <laughs> you know those kind of things and really showing that yeah and like the kids will think that's gas at first the teacher fell off her bike yeah it's also relatable exactly and then they'll realize that actually yeah there were there were things that I couldn't do when I was younger and now I can do them because I've given it a bit of practice mm-hmm. and then just showing them, you know, that that's totally normal and totally fine. And all of our brains work in different ways. And maybe someone really likes using hundred square and that's totally fine because their brain likes that. And that's helping that person mm-hmm. get really good at their adding or taking away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, just celebrating all those things and giving, you know, work on growth mindset, empathy, teamwork, mm-hmm. and developing compassion, you know, because yeah. not everyone will need the same supports, but everyone needs some support. Yeah, I really like that. 
like I I often find students like particularly ones that are know exactly what they're doing and especially in Irish because you know you always have ones that are like I know exactly what my teacher has asked <laughs> of me to do and I'm going to go do it now and then you'll have one sitting like near them and they're like I am teacher I'm totally lost you know and then that yeah. student will turn around and be like oh don't worry and like they're turning around they're helping them and it's just they learn from one another and you know your psychology is like ticking off in your head you're like they're working yeah. in groups and they're working from each other you know and it's a, it's nice um you know when you've celebrated those little things and they have those traits of you know empathy teamwork all the lovely ones that you just yeah. mentioned there yeah absolutely and you can even do things like you know giving each other compliments mm. because like i as again i said earlier on like i've told my class all the time that i found maths really really hard in primary school yeah and i would tell them stories about you know that my teacher had to give me a little bit more help with my maths because mm -hmm. i found it really hard mm -hmm. but that i really loved things like pe and i really loved music yeah and then getting those getting the class to identify things that they see as wonderful about their classmates mm -hmm. because you know one kid might not be good at maths but they might be brilliant at writing stories yeah Mm -hmm. you know and just I think that's such an important part of it and just celebrating all of the amazing skills that the kids do have mm -hmm. and recognizing those in each other and that it's okay to need a little bit of extra help with something else yeah particularly my class on placement they were just so into celebrating each other like we didn't have like a, a wall to celebrate but like you know obviously if it was you know if I had the time in my own class and would cover it all that I probably would do something like that but like that I, I used raffle tickets and if I was given a raffle ticket because they used a new word like I had a student that went off and she she started looking up new like vocabulary words for Bia and I was like yeah. I was standing there like what does that word mean <laughs> like, like that and like they were all like yeah Bula bus and they were all like just celebrating and it was just yeah. creating that atmosphere where everyone just feels so supported and they can go on and you know it's just it's a it's a lovely it's a lovely feeling yeah and like that is such a, a good thing to have in terms of our differentiation mm -hmm. that like it's not necessarily about you know that oh a child can't do x y or z yeah it's about celebrating all of the things that you know we all bring to the class mm -hmm. and then just supporting each other on things that might be a little bit trickier and you know i just think it, it should be seen as a positive thing when we're differentiating absolutely is there any time that you can recall um, where you differentiated and it was just literally an absolute fail? <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like at home, you're like making all this stuff and you're like, this is going to be yeah. deadly. And you go in there like, uh, what's this? And then you're like, I've just wasted so much time. <laughs> yeah, I would love to say that I have never had a major fail, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> we all have. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when I was doing my dip, um, I had heard that the inspector that I had was big on differentiation, that it was like his main thing that he wanted to see when he'd come to your class and that he was going to ask a load of questions about mm -hmm. it. So, of course, I decided that that meant I needed loads of differentiation and I needed to, needed to have like multiple differentiation in every single lesson just in case he turned up. And I totally overcomplicated things. And like, I was more focused on differentiating for the inspector than differentiating for the for kids. You. Yeah. And it was just, it was pointless. Yeah. And I ended up doing that. I wanted to differentiate my spellings. Okay. And I did this assessment to, you know, figure out where everyone was at. And then I wanted to group them according to where their spelling ability was at so that I could give them the spellings for each group. Right. Literally, I ended up with about eight different groups. So oh, I had eight no. different lots of spellings. No, no, you know, no. <laughs> um, oh, Hayley, I, every Friday, like on a Monday, I would sit down with each group and I'd be going through whatever their spelling pattern was. But because I had so many groups, I ended up only spending like maximum five minutes with each group about their spellings. Yeah. And then on a Friday, I was doing eight different spellings tests because, of course, they all were doing different letter patterns and I was fit to pull my hair out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just not sustainable. No, it wasn't. Like, it really wasn't. So what I do now that, thank 
goodness works way better well you wouldn't know about this if had you not have done that before exactly. so we're all learning exactly we all learn from our mistakes exactly. and you know I learned from that and realized yeah. I never wanted to do eight spelling tests again <laughs> yes. so so what I do now instead is like I have a like say a letter pattern or a sound and the whole class does that same letter pattern or sound but they might have different words that are all of that letter pattern gotcha. or sound. Yeah. So that way then I'm not doing loads of spelling tests mm-hmm. and it, they're all doing the same content yeah. just to a different extent. And it's way better because it's more manageable for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not stressing myself out and the kids are more you know, engaged in it and we can play all these games in school. So I'm getting more time on actually doing their spellings and improving their spelling Mm -hmm. than I was in the first place. And, you know, it's, it's more manageable for everyone. So it's just a win-win. Yeah. That's yeah. That's so it's, it's good that you've had that experience. So that, you know, now you know why you're doing what you're doing, because if someone said to you, Oh, why wouldn't you do this? I was like, I've been there. I've done that. (laughs) Um, learned from that. But where would you get your, just speaking about spellings and, you know, tests Mm. and stuff like that, where would you go for your spellings? Like, do you use a certain book or a program that you Mm. get spellings from? Or is it like, your own thing that you've created or what way is it because this is not something that like obviously we know we learn about assessment in college and that but like when it comes Mm -hmm. to things like spellings and tests on a Friday it's a bit like it's a bit of a gray area and it's a bit like well where where do you start is it a whole class is a whole school approach you know is there words that the school gives you like what way does it work so what we do in my school is we use um you know you had this jolly phonics for mm-hmm. infants. Yes. Well, from I think first class up, there is a program that's jolly grammar. Oh. Um. So we use that in third class in our school. So it it does all their grammar points, but it also gives them a different letter pattern each month or sorry each, each week. week. Yeah. So we use that, but then I do loads of games in the class based on whatever sound we're working on is or okay. whatever pattern we're working on. Right. So games like you know don't pop the balloon. And all those kind of games. So the kids love it because it's way more engaging than just learning off your list. Yeah. And they love those kind of challenges then where you're saying, well, if you can spell that word, can you spell this word? Because it has the same pattern. Right. That's um, so good. So yeah, that's what we do in our school. We use the Jolly Grammar system. Wow. That's really good. I actually am going to look that up now after. <laughs> um, how do you, how could a teacher differentiate for children who are already achieving everything for their age and class level and need to be challenged further? Okay. This is something that I have definitely experienced. Um, so one thing that you could do is like things like chili challenges. Okay. So that's that's where you have say different tasks or activities or questions and that each one that you have has like a different um heat level I actually did this on placement (laughs) I actually did this I didn't know it was called chili challenges yeah (laughs) I had mild mild hot and mild hot and spicy I think I had but I had it for maths for my word my word um it was on my anchor chart while with maths for word problems yeah word problems yeah. for fractions but I had like if you wanted to go up and get a mild question or uh, yeah. I think I had mild medium I can't remember <laughs> can't remember I I took a picture of it but I can't I actually can't remember for the life of me but yeah I didn't realize it was called a chilly challenge yeah that's so, so cool that, that kind of thing is really helpful you know because yeah. again you're giving the kids the independence they're choosing the level that they feel is appropriate for them yes and like they really enjoy it as well because you know some kids would be they might start with the mild one and then they might decide, oh, I think I'm ready for something. Yes, <laughs> I've had that. Yeah. Um, another good one that, that I love is brain group. OK, so this is like a flexible grouping system. And mm-hmm. um, so it's all based on self-assessment. So I would generally use this for maths. Um, right. So what they do is they self-assess based on whatever topic it is you're covering. And then you might say, Okay, I'm holding a brain group today for kids who would like to do a bit more practice on whatever the topic is. Mm -hmm. And then any kids who feel they need a little bit more teacher time for that topic, Mm -hmm. get that during brain group time and everyone else works independently on something completely different. Okay. 
And then other days you'll say, okay, today I'm holding brain group and it's for kids who would like to do something a little bit more challenging. Okay. Then it's still based on the same topic, but this time you might be pushing it. So for example, let's say you're doing multiplication and you're doing unit multiplied by unit as the whole class, but some kids are ready for say tens and units multiplied by a unit. Mm -hmm. That could be one of your brain groups then that's going on. And that's really, really effective in the senior classes. Yeah. A brilliant one. And again, Hayley, I think this is going to be something you're going to love. Oh my God. Like all this stuff I do, I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> you're just full of so much information. I'm just like, oh my God. Listen, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to write it. It's actually called a chili challenge. And it's not, it's not just mild, medium, spicy, hot, whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, you, like I had zero idea when I finished up in college. I I really couldn't differentiate at all. But you, you learn like so many things. So you are way ahead of where I was. Like well, only because of you <laughs> passing on the knowledge. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is so good. But I'm like my my to do list now, and I have my own class. It's just going to triple in length. <laughs> I need a support copy number one. <laughs> yes, and if you have like a senior class. I would definitely put this as your next thing to look into. Okay. Have my pen. Genius Hour. Yeah. And it is unbelievable. What's this? You can do it like as a class thing that you're doing with your senior class, or you could do it like as an SET as well. Okay. So good. It's basically about tuning into the kids' interests. Right. And it just self differentiates. So it's a project and every kid chooses something they're passionate about. Okay. And it could be anything. When I've done this in the past, like I've had kids who have brought their passion forward as they're passionate about gymnastics. I've had someone else who was passionate about helping with the homelessness crisis. Okay. We had people who were passionate about healthy eating. Yeah. You know, space travel, so many things. And they basically do like a project over the course of about nine weeks oh wow okay on their topic of their choice and they get an hour of school time each week to work on it with the support of their teacher and as I say it's whatever they're passionate about so it's really Mm cross-curricular and they like before they start the project they have to do a presentation to the teacher and class about what it is they want to learn about and what they're going to be researching, what they're going to be creating as part of their project. Mm-hmm. And once they get approval for whatever their project <laughs> I love is, this. It's like Dragon's Den, like it's yeah. brilliant. So once they get approval for their project from their teacher and class, they work on it, as I say, for about nine weeks. Mm-hmm. And then they do like a whole day where they are teaching their class about whatever the, their topic is. So each kid gets, say, a segment of the day to wow. do teaching yeah and then we had like a huge um exhibition where they had like parents getting to see the different projects we had 3d printers in Ah, we had kids who had written books this is crazy we had had kids who like learned to code like using python and everything ah here now this is beyond me (laughs) and this was third class ah stop (laughs) oh my god it was honestly amazing like we had just even the kid who was really interested in gymnastics like yeah. she did a whole thing about the evolution of gymnastics the safety within gymnastics how the different moves had developed over the years and everything wow we had a, the kid who was interested in the um uh, healthy eating like that child ended up putting together a book of recipes and then they sold that book they were selling copies of it like around the local community and donating the money to a charity who are doing food for the homeless. Wow, that's like, just so good. It was amazing. And every kid was differentiating for themselves because you had some kids who were going for really complicated things, but they were so passionate about it mm-hmm. that they were really pushing themselves. So I could hands down say that there were kids in third class who were doing you know, stuff that they wouldn't have been touching until secondary school otherwise. At least yeah you know absolutely and the kids loved it Mm -hmm. they were raving about it like Mm -hmm. all year all they wanted to do was more genius hour and like the parents had amazing feedback and yeah i would just 100 recommend that for any kid who is you you can do it with any kid but definitely if you had a, a 
kid who is looking for that challenge, getting them to engage in a genius hour project and it's just amazing. explore their genius. And again, every child has their own genius. I love it's just that. Whatever they're passionate about. That's so good. Wow, that has taken my breath away. I actually, <laughs> yeah, because I, that's, I don't know, like, you, as you said, like you would not, some of those things you'd never hit until you get to secondary school, maybe even college, like coding, mm-hmm. like I hear like this is, that's beyond me now. Do you know oh, but that's the whole thing. Like a lot yeah. of it was beyond me as well. But yeah. the kids are so passionate that, you know, they're teaching you about this as well. Yeah. And again, like they're all differentiating for themselves. And it was mm-hmm. amazing because some kids were doing you know written things. Some kids were creating big projects. It's really amazing. Would 100% recommend. Wow. Is there any other places that people or teachers can learn about mm-hmm. differentiation? Yeah. Um, I actually have a book that I bought from Bloomsbury. Okay. It's called 100 Ideas for Primary Teachers. And they actually have loads in that series. And they have oh. ones on literally like every topic you can think of. Yeah. And one of them is 100 Ideas for Differentiation. Excellent. So that's a really good one. And then, um, you know, Rahu? Yeah. Um, Rahu have courses and webinars as well. That could be really helpful, including ones about like differentiation and all of that as well. So would recommend. And lastly, as well, have you heard of Edutopia? Uh, nope. Okay, it's brilliant. Get Edutopia. on it. <laughs> Is it a website? Yeah, it's a website and they have an Instagram page as well. And it has like... It's basically like a CPD kind of a website with loads mm-hmm. of articles and videos for teachers. Wow. And they have stuff on loads of different topics and they their differentiation section is really, really interesting. And it wow. has like videos from the classroom so yeah. you can see how it works in practice. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really good. Excellent. Thanks so much, Kira. Is there anything else you want to add just before we go to the last part of the podcast? Um, just that um, in terms of Rahu, I work with Rahu. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I often have discount codes over on Instagram as well because mm-hmm. I've written a course for Rahu myself. So if anyone's looking for discount codes and stuff like that, just pop over onto my Instagram and I'll get let you know the latest one if I have one. Excellent. So good. Have you written one yourself? Have you written the yeah. course? Yeah. So I wrote one about diversity and inclusion in the classroom. Wow. And it goes into, I kind of structured it in a way that it teaches you a lot of the information that you might need to know about, mm-hmm. you know, um, race, the LGBT community, all of that kind of stuff. And the background knowledge in, in diversity mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And then I go through a section where I give loads of practical ideas as well on mm-hmm. how to celebrate diversity in the classroom and to ensure that your classroom is a welcoming and positive environment for kids from all different backgrounds. That's so good. Wow, that's a whole other conversation. I, I, <laughs> I have to have a have a look at that on Rahu's website. Yeah, it's um, completely free as well. So Oh, is it? Yeah, completely oh. free. And you get a certificate that you can use um for Crow Park hours and everything. Wow, that's amazing. Everyone go check it out because it's for free <laughs> on Rafu and Kira wrote it. <laughs> um, Kira, what are your, this is the bit now where I ask um, mm-hmm. the same questions to um, all the people and guests that I have on my podcast. What are your three classroom tips? Um, there are so many I could give. So yeah. narrow it down to three. I know, it's hard. Um, one is positive relationships. Mm. They should be so, so important and like central to everything in your class. As yes. we kind of mentioned already, like even in terms of differentiation, it's really helpful. Yeah. And again, tying into what I've said is about, you know, diversity and inclusion, positive relationships are central to that as well. Yeah. And it just creates that safe space for kids. Yeah. Um, the second one would be to have very clear routines throughout your day and week. Okay. Um, it just helps everything to run smoother, helps with your classroom management. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you want your class to run smoothly without you so that your focus is on supporting the kids with their learning as opposed to just getting organized every day. Right. And then number three is balance. So as you know, Hayley, like yeah. teaching is busy. So and busy. your to-do list 
is never going to end. No, and it's just tripled after this podcast. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh, you messing but yeah. <laughs> like you know, you know the phrase, I know, like, but you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So, like, I'd say just find some sort of a structure or balance that works for you. Like, mm-hmm. I do my planning on a Thursday. Oh yeah, you were telling me that, and you do yeah. all your printing. Yes, I do my printing for the fortnight on my Thursdays so that then I'm not worrying about that the rest of my week. And then equally, I don't do meetings on a Wednesday. So on a Wednesday, I leave work a few minutes after the kids and I don't do schoolwork because that's just for my own little bit of self-care. So just scheduling your week out and finding balance, I think is super important. Yeah, definitely getting a diary because I often get asked and... I don't know if you've listened to Sarah's episode um, when we talked yeah. about well-being and Sarah was like, Hayley, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I do it. But um, I think planning like that, you need to have mm-hmm. a diary. You need to be writing things out. Um, and just, yeah, organizing your own head. I find when I write things out, um, you know, you're able to get it on paper, what your week looks like and like that, you know as you say on a Wednesday you need that time for you enough's enough like you can't as you say that the little phrase you can't pour from an empty cup (laughs) exactly um Kira what's a resource that you can't live without in your classroom um (laughs) my books oh um I love um kids books and picture books novels all of that yeah so like over the years I'll be honest I have gathered quite a collection wow (laughs) and like i i have a book that i used on every day of um subbing Mm -hmm. because i subbed for my first year qualified wow and like i still use that book once a year in my classroom yeah and because i have such a collection at this point i have a bank of lessons that i know will work with every one of my books Mm -hmm. so if i have a spare few minutes or if I just know that I need to teach a particular thing. Yeah, something's come up and you're like, we need to talk about trust. Exactly. <laughs> I know I have a book about it and I know what lessons I could do with all the different class levels. So good. Or that book. So yeah, that's definitely a resource I could not live without. I love it. <laughs> wow. I'd love to get, I can't wait to get to that point where I'm like, I know what I have. I know what I'm going to do. Because yeah. obviously it takes, this takes years, you know, of oh, practice. Um and like, if you're like me and you love books, I would definitely recommend getting like putting sticky notes inside the front cover. Oh yeah. And like just write down your little notes about ideas you have for the book. Oh yeah. Because yeah. you could write down like, oh, here's a maths idea that links to this book or here's right. an SESP idea. That's so then the next time idea. you open up that book, you literally have like a whole week of thematic work that you could do linked to the book. Yeah. Or if you had a student come in. Mm, you're like exactly take all these winter books <laughs> and off you go <laughs> yeah literally um Kira, what was your funniest teaching moment <laughs> um when I was a substitute teacher I was working in the primary school that I actually went to as a kid myself mm-hmm. and I was subbing in second class on the run-up to Christmas yeah and they were going to be doing a project all about like their school past and present Mm -hmm. and they knew that I was past pupil so they wanted to interview me about the good old days (laughs) air quotes (laughs) so the class had like come up with these questions that they were going to ask me and one of the kids like completely straight-faced said to me so um do you find it weird seeing our school in color now and of course I didn't know what she meant so I was like oh no sorry and oh, no. it turns out honestly it turns out she had seen black and white photos of the school from years ago and you were full that blown convinced that life was in black and white <laughs> then so yeah she oh, thought life God. was black and white maybe. and i suddenly as a 21 year old felt ancient <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god i don't know that that is funny <laughs> that's gas um <laughs> Yeah, and what is a quote that you live by? Okay, I wrote this one down so I get it absolutely right. So it says, eventually all things fall into place. Until then, laugh at the confusion, live for the moments, and know everything happens for a reason. Oh, that's so nice. 
Yeah, I just think it's like an all-rounder kind of quote. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it reminds you that sometimes things get a bit crazy and to just live in the moment and, you know, that if things go wrong, it's okay because things have a funny way of working out exactly the way you needed it to happen. Yeah, that that's so true. And especially, like, you know going through the masters especially like it's a it's a whole roller coaster of emotion like some moments you're like oh my god like just how like when am I gonna get there and just like you know you get confused and you're like am I able for this and you know just I've having talking to so many student teachers and connect with so many they all feel the same way and it's like I think that quote fits actually quite perfectly yeah I love it <laughs> Kira, I I see you have a question here for me, but I'm, I'm not even going to read it because I haven't looked at it yet. So go ahead and ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I might not have an answer, but. So Hayley, I personally believe that every single teacher brings something special that they've learned, you know, in their life or through their experiences with them into the classroom. Mm-hmm. And from all of the amazing things that you've been involved in, that you've learned and you know, just the things that you've experienced to date, mm-hmm. what do you think will be the most important thing that you want to bring with you into your teaching and into your classroom? Wow, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important thing, I don't know if this is going to be the most important thing, but um, there's a few things. Number one, um, I have been a member of the Girl Guides for a very, very long time. Um, and you know as a guide as a young leader as a leader I always loved the campfire like this there was always something about the campfire I just loved yeah it's like a circle time you know like it's just a real feel good um time and I just love campfire songs and I know sh- students love singing um I wouldn't be a singer per se but I definitely <laughs> love you know you know jumping around and you know having the actions and putting on crazy voices and I, I love all that um and I think you know when I go on to my infant's placement I think that's where that's going to really shine I've not actually had a chance to experience yeah. that because of you know Covid and you know with everything in context at the minute we've not had opportunities to gather so many people so that's the first thing maybe the second thing that I can just think of off the top of my head um if I had senior classes particularly and if we had access to iPads or um, a computer room I would love them to become really um, competent in creating you know digital posters um, yeah. knowing how to use word correctly knowing how to type um, I love ICT that's what I'm going to do my dissertation on which I have to start reading for <laughs> um, but I really am passionate about ICT um, I love like even when I was on placement, like I had a clicker, I I talked with a basically true PowerPoint, um, just little games, everything. I just, I would love students to have, you know, especially going into secondary school, you know, the tools to be able to make a PowerPoint, to be able to use a Word document, how to save a Word document, how to, you know, where, how to organize that's another one actually organization yes. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um haven't spoken to the girls fiona and lucy from teacher teacher if you haven't checked out those two girls they're amazing to anyone listening in i know Kira, you probably have yeah. um but the organization like literally to the point where it's like okay how do we put a piece of paper into a folder because i am allergic to dog ears i cannot stand dog ears my books in school were always so pristine the four corners were there even in may june when yeah. things are crazy i i just i'm like i'm like okay take out that sheet and then they're like i don't know i never got that sheet i'm like you definitely got that sheet take <laughs> out that sheet now you know what i mean i'm and they're, i'm like you know teaching those skills of how to be organized like their executive function like how mm-hmm. you know the brain has to know where things are and that's a big thing with you know huge workloads and how you get things done you need to have systems in place where you're organized so yeah. if i can pass on those few things that i've mentioned to my students oh my god they'll be well set set for oh, organization yeah. for secondary school anyway <laughs> <laughs> so that's it I wouldn't say they're the most important things, but they definitely are, I suppose, important or, you know, enthusiasm. You can, you know. Definitely. And based on like, even just all the resources that you make, I have no (laughs) doubt that those kids will be like the most ICT literate kids (laughs) 
like literally in the country <laughs> I know I and I'd love for them to be able to you know make little study tools for themselves like how can they use what is, is a quizlet where they can make their own mm-hmm. flashcards you know having like I didn't know any of that going into secondary school and giving them a chance to you know like that's why like I something I'd be looking for in skills is really strong use of ICT really Mm -hmm. strong use of access to computers iPads interactive whiteboards actually work and that's the type of school that's the type of school I would love to work in that's where I see myself so anything along those lines um yeah that's what I'm passionate about (laughs) Thanks so much, Kira, for being a guest on my podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I think you have so much information to give. You're such a wealth of knowledge. And I really think you are an inspiration to look up to. Like, I want to have a book collection. <laughs> Having had this and knowing what lessons I can teach and, you know, what are the important boxes to tick, you know, after that. And just little things like that. And obviously that comes with time and it takes years and years and years. Yeah. Of practice absolutely what it works does. and what doesn't yeah absolutely and like you you have so much already at this point so i have no doubt you're gonna fly it <laughs> oh thanks that's because i'm surrounded i think that's a big thing you need to surround yourself with like-minded people people who you know you learn from people who you're inspired by uh, share ideas with all those things um, yeah, so absolutely. I am lucky to have such great people surrounded around me like yourself and especially in the online community. Oh, my God, especially doing my master's through a global pandemic. Yeah, it's oh, I, I learned so much from teachers online. Mm-hmm. Like it's it. There's such a wealth of knowledge out there. Mm-hmm. And like I'd be big on the thing, you know, that like the best CPG is other teachers. Yeah, 100 like, percent you learn so much by collaborating with people and just asking questions because you know everyone has their own skill set mm-hmm. and their interest areas and for example like PE would not be a strength of mine yeah <laughs> so I think you know just reaching out to teachers who are interested in different areas you learn so much totally I couldn't agree with you more Kira, thanks again for coming on to my podcast. We're, I'm going to finish it up now um, and I'll let you finish off with whatever you want to say. <laughs> well, Hayley, thanks so much for having me. Uh, delighted to be part of the podcast because I listened to it on my way to work. <laughs> so uh, I may or may not listen back to this one. <laughs> and yeah, thanks so much. And if anyone wants to reach me or anything, um, I'm on Instagram, Kira's Classroom, and I'm more than happy to help anyone out. Thanks, Kira. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.